Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, uh, we've got a little like backward looking. We're going to think about our 20-year-old selves uh, and what our 20-year-old selves would think about our lives today. Um, and then a little forward looking uh, where we see ourselves in 20 to 30 years. Uh, it's going to be an interesting exercise, boys. I'm looking forward to it. We'll get to it right after this quick break. All right, fellas. Uh, so let's think about our 20-year-old selves. We got to think about like where we were at 20. Um, I was a sophomore in college. Uh, I was just about to meet my wife. Um, actually, at 20, I had met her, but we were, we were just dating. Um, how would your 20-year-old self view your current self? Pipe, let's start with you. Like, where were you at 20? What were you like? What were you doing? Yeah, so I was, uh, so I would have been like sophomore, junior, like going into my junior year at Wheaton. I was, uh, I was really heavily involved in leading a youth group at a local church, kind of a mm -hmm. mid-sized, uh, it, it had a, it had a real kind of John MacArthur-y flair, uh, to it, which okay. means something different now than it did 20 years ago. Um, so 20, I, that I was 20, 20 years ago. So back then, you know, MacArthur was much less, um, I don't know. He wasn't nearly as divisive. He was just known, he was yeah. known more as the expository guy and the conservative guy. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, so that's, that was, that was my life. And so at, at that point, and then I was also a pretty, I, I was a pretty uncommitted student and, uh, much more interested in, you know, intramural sports and and having a good time than I was in going to class. Although I did enjoy, like I, I took my Bible classes seriously. I didn't take much else seriously. So it was kind of, it was, it, yeah. I, I just sort of was probably a pretty typical college student who had a lot of growing up to do, I would say in, in those ways. So you were doing youth ministry. Would your 20 year old self be shocked that your 40 year old self is a pastor or would, would, 20 year old pipe have kind of seen that coming in some ways. No, I think I would have been shocked because in my mind, like youth ministry was one thing. And I think even then I had it in yeah. my mind, like it's not, that's not a lifetime endeavor for most people. That's a, that's a season yeah. of life thing. I loved it. You know, it was one of those, like I was getting paid for 10 hours a week to do 60 hours a week worth of ministry kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, AKA but, es but especially if you're called a youth intern, which is, you know, high commitment, no income, uh, and then ringing up credit card debts because you're yeah, paying yeah. for everybody else's every, everybody's kids bill at Chili's because they didn't bring enough money. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Which kids all had rich parents, by the way, you, you were the, <laughs> they should have been paying for your meal. That's right. You know? like... Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why don't you bring daddy's credit card and you cover it next time? Um, but, exactly. but in my mind, I think, I, I think I, I saw the pastorate as something entirely different. I don't think I had, I didn't, I still had a very strong resistance to doing the thing that my dad did and, uh, and wanted to keep my distance from it. But it was, a, it was a weird mix. Cause I did, I loved the church, like the big C church as well as local church. I loved serving in the church. And then I saw what the 
you know, my impression of the senior pastor, it was very much like, ah, I'm going to keep that at, at as much arm's length as I can. That makes total sense. Um, I think my 20-year-old self would be shocked that I'm a college professor um, due to the fact that I hated college. <laughs> like, I really had no interest in college. And I didn't think of my professors really at all. Um, so it wasn't like this aspirational, like, I want to be like them thing. Um, I was just starting to dabble in writing. So I think my 20-year-old my self would frankly be shocked at how well it's gone. You know, I, I knew I had talent. But I figured I would just get a job with some company writing, like, I don't know, news releases or whatever. And, and like, that seemed like a good thing. And it is a good thing. So, like, taking it further than that, I think my 20-year-old self would be a little bit shocked that it went as well as it went. Um, but, I, but I saw it coming, you know. I definitely wanted to do it. And I had a lot of aspiration and a lot of drive. Um, but, yeah, the college professor thing wouldn't have made sense to me at 20 and I'm not even sure it makes sense now, <laughs> but we'll get to that when we, when we talk about the future. Um, big R, what about you at 20? Like, what did your life look like? And, uh, what, what would your 20 year old self think of your now self? Yeah, I was, uh, so I was really getting into all the music stuff really heavily. And, uh, my brother and I just signed like an initial kind of, kind of record deal with a small label. So my whole life was just in pursuit of like buying gear, equipping my studio, writing songs, recording, making music, uh, playing show. I mean, it was just, it was all focused on that. I also had, a, I was very, I was also involved as a youth leader, probably kind of like Piper at my, the youth group I'd been at for quite some time. I was super resistant to that. I enjoyed my time as like a youth group attendee yeah. when all you know when you'd have to do anything but show right. up and have good times. I really, really, really hated that they sort of like pulled me yeah. from the ranks and put me and they kept trying to put me in a leadership position. I kept showing up and doing some of the stuff, but I was super resistant to it. And um and so I think um you know, what's so interesting is I had an, I, somebody, uh, there was a, there was a really popular, it wasn't a seminary, but in our denomination, it was called, they just called it a Bible school. And I had gotten an invitation because of some of my work in the youth group, uh, from somebody to, cause you had to be invited into it. I forget how it worked. It was weird, but, um, I got like the invitation to come and be part of like a two to three year program in the Bible in this Bible school. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, like I could never, like there is a part of me that's interested in it. I remember thinking, but like, I was like, there's no way that will just totally stop all the progress I've made with music and all these things. So I put, I put the hard kibosh on that. I was, I was super resistant to the youth group thing, pushing music. So yeah, uh, 20, whatever, 15 years, whenever it was 15 years later, 10 years with ministry stuff, it wouldn't have been, it, it was it certainly wasn't something I could have never seen, but um I was so I was so pushing so I was pushing so hard down that other path. It was more of the mindset of like nothing is going to get in the way of that. And anything that does is al it's almost like getting into yeah. enemy territory. Yeah. Anything you know that comes I mean? in the way of it is is seen as like a distraction, even if it's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, a barrier is totally. Is that why you were so resistant to like the youth ministry deal? 
I think so. I, I think it was, um, yeah. And I think I was, I was a bit of a, you know, it was probably like pipe for different ways. I had a little bit of a, a rebel thing in me, which was like, don't, don't try to push me into this thing where you want me now to play this yeah. part. And I just, cause I didn't, I, to me, it's going to sound funny, but to me, leaders were the people that gave up what they really wanted to do to lead ministries, <laughs> right? It was kind of like that article yeah. me and you wrote maybe years ago, which is worship where ministries where, is where yeah. stars go to die. Yeah. yeah. So I was, su- I was super like, oh, so you want to be a leader in ministry? Well, I guess that just well, means you gave dude, up. Dude, it's so funny you, know? you mentioned that because I had that perception too, and I actually had and have to this day, that perception of college professors. Like, oh, that's that's cute. You're doing this because you couldn't make it at, at the thing you actually wanted to do. And and now right, I am 100%. one. And I still feel that way about it. Um, so living in Ohio and pastoring, would your 20-year-old self be shocked about those things? Or did your 20-year-old self think that your 50-year-old self would still be doing music? A la, I don't know, Mick no, or whatever. I think... Like, you'd be huge or... Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always that hope, right? But I, I think I was realistic to, enough to know what I was going to be doing was not going to lead me into yeah. Mick Jagger territory, and and I'm and I'm probably yeah. still sad about that. But um, I think I think I would have been shocked on that level. So to nuance it out and to say someday you're going to be in Ohio and you're going to be doing this, I think I would have said, okay, I I have I don't see any yeah. path to that at all. Which again, at 20 years old you're so limited in what you're able to see. And even, gosh, at 50, I'm yeah. super limited. Um, but how much more when you haven't lived yeah. that much life? Like you, you're, able to see, you're able to see the path a little clearer because you've actually been yeah. down a path. And, um, but yeah, at 20, it's just like, it's hard to visualize anything other than things that are probably like wildly disproportional to Yeah, either life, wildly disproportional you know? or right in front of your face, you know? So like, yeah, well, 100%, 100%. no one would think about Ohio. Unless they were driving through it, you know what I mean. No, <laughs> like, people people you... don't think about Ohio when they're driving through true. it. They're they're just it's just like this blank space. I've driven through Ohio. It's you, you're not thinking about it. You're basically like where where am I and where like how do I get to where I'm going? Dude, here's a shout out to Ohio, and I truly mean this. And I and this is because I drove through it recently. Like those rest areas that that you have along the tollways, those are really nice. So like every hour, hour and a half, you know, you can get some gas, you can, you know, grab a coffee. Um, Like it's really convenient. You don't have to mess with an exit. You're just kind of like sliding off the highway, you know, get getting whatever you need and you're back on. So uh, shout out Ohio. Your 20 year old self would be so disappointed that you're excited about rest stops. (laughs) Dude, totally. Um, Yeah. My 20 year old self would be. Yeah. Uh, shocked at how much of an old man I, I've become. I have a question for you guys because both of you said something that was similar to one another, but in different areas, which did not apply to me at all when I was twenty. Ted, you were you talked about sort of having having an understanding that you you had a knack as a writer, so you anticipated yeah. writing in some direction. You're just surprised about kind mm-hmm. of the, the lengths to which you've gone, Ronnie. You were dedicated to music which means you had an understanding of like this is both a thing you loved and a thing you had you had a gift for a knack for at 20 i don't think i had any sense of what i was good at i was i was profoundly mm. arrogant mm. which means i i thought i was mm. better than most people at life you would actually do great at college now <laughs> because i feel like that's 
That's most college students now. Unspeakably arrogant, but with no actual talent to right. back it up. Well, and, and, uh, like, and the thing is, like, I, I, I sort of fell into things that I turned, like, I was, a, I was a decent public communicator. So, like, teaching youth group came really easily to me. I would watch some guys who I, I served with, like, slave over these messages. And I was like, for whatever reason, it kind of came together for me differently. But yeah. but I was never thinking in terms of how do you kind of coalesce what gifts God has given you with a career path or with with a pursuit of something. So I'm trying to figure out like what how did that connection come for you guys where you're like I have a knack for this, so I'm going to make something out of it because I I feel like I tripped into that eight or ten years later. So it was my late twenties when I was finally like oh. This is a thing I should devote myself to. That's a thing that God might have given me to to invest in. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll be interested to hear Ron on yeah. it too. I, I think for me, there's just something hardwired into my personality about whatever it is that I'm into. And I was this way with football, you know, my whole life, but especially before I found writing. Whatever it was that I was into, I wanted to take it as far as humanly possible. And like, I didn't mess around with things. Um, I was either all in or all out. So with football, like the plan was work as hard as humanly possible and take it as far as I can. And hopefully that will be, you know, professionally or whatever, but you get to college and you realize I'm not that good, <laughs> you know, like, um, or I'm good, but not good enough to do that. And writing then I realized it was the only thing similar to public speaking for you pipe that came easy to me. Like writing was so easy compared to other things. And I could go into a situation and I could find the most interesting people and I could draw out interesting stories and I could write them quickly. And, and it brought me some joy. And so that became the thing that I would see how far I would take it, you know? And, and I think in some ways I'm still on that, journey you know it looks it looks a lot different now than it did at 20 but um there, there was some joy in that there was some excitement in it but but to your point pipe mm. i think college in the 90s and when when you were in school it wasn't calibrated to like unearth what you were good at whereas college now is sort of it's so kind of customer centric that it's it's really all about that but back then it was just you go to the classes, you have the experiences and you kind of accidentally maybe discover something you're good at. Um, but I think it's calibrated differently now. Big R, what, what would you say to Pipe's question? I think it was, it, honestly, T, it was, it was similar to you in some ways where I just, it wasn't that I thought I had a knack mm -hmm. for music as much as yeah. I just loved it. And um, I think what i was most it was yeah. there's a lot of fear so what i was most afraid of was ending up someplace doing something that was going to yeah. feel like death <laughs> and so yeah. to me i mean music's a music's a pipe dream right i mean no hardly anybody get most people don't get to do it they don't get to do it full time um so there was like this dogged determination to like do it pursue it do everything i could i want to do it the way i want to do it which was the problem which was not an incredible it was i i'm very niche in what i do which means it does it was never going to hit a wide commercial, you know, kind of a thing. So there was always the struggle with that. But my biggest struggle was that I would get stuck 
in something that I didn't love and didn't want to do. And that would, um, for me, so this is just specific to me, um, to do something that like kind of took away my freedom and made it to where I felt like I was in prison or, you know, had one of those jobs that I felt like I was going nowhere and I wasn't, I, I wasn't even able to, whatever gifts I had, they weren't being used yeah. in that job. And that was like super fearful to me. That, I don't know if that's a generational thing. It's well, I mean, it's like the whole theme of Office Space, which is generational. But, um, well, you know, yeah. we were talking about <laughs> yeah, Gen totally. X movies last, uh, last episode. That one didn't come up, but it probably should have. It should have. That one's, that was yeah, huge. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can relate to all of that. Like that was, that was one of my biggest fears too, um, was, was feeling trapped or stuck and losing my freedom to your point, which in some ways has come true, right? Like, um, I'm probably more trapped than I've ever been career wise, even though the academic calendar is, it's friendly and gracious to be, to be sure. Uh, but it's, it's not as freewheeling as, you know, freelance writing, you know, which, which is a whole different animal or for you doing music or whatever. But let's take a break. Well, well, quick question, quick question. So, so you're 20, I mean, I, I agree with you guys in sort of the spirit of your answers in terms of like my 20 year old self would look at my current self and be like, Oh, you're so suppressed and and like trapped and everything. Mm -hmm. My current self would tell my 20 year old self, like freedom is also like being adrift. And also wondering where the next yeah. paycheck is going to come from. And, you know, there's, so there's there's sort of this, like, with stability <laughs> yeah. comes boundaries. The yeah, dark side yeah, of freedom, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But congratulations to you yeah. freelance writer who's trying to hustle up copywriting gigs to finish at 2 a.m. to get paid $50 to keep the lights on. Like, that That sounds terrible to me Dude, now. 100%. It, it does. It sounded, like, sexy to me back then, but it does sound terrible to me now. I... I think my 20-year-old self would be shocked at like how nice my house is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because at 20, and we mentioned this in some previous app, like in the 90s, being 20, you were romanticizing like the crappy apartment, the bare mattress on the floor, like all that stuff was getting romanticized back then. But it seems unspeakably stupid now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you make a great point, Pipe. Like... Uh, and maybe you have to be in your forties to like realize that, um, or at least it, it took me probably 20 years to figure it out. Uh, let's take a quick break boys and we'll talk about our future selves. All right, we're back boys. Uh, next question here, pulling up the group chat, great radio. Where do you see yourself in another 20 to 30 years? So 20 to 30 years, in 20 years, I'll be 67, which is wild. Um, Pipe, you'll be 60. Big R, you'll be in your 70s. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that far out. Uh, baby, let's start with you. Where do you see yourself in 20 to 30 years? Well, first off, I just hope to see myself well, alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I don't... <laughs> I mean, let me let me go dark yeah, here yeah. for one second. Yeah. Dark but humorous. Um, my my dad, my dad is made it. He he made it longer than anybody in his in in his. You know, if you go back a hundred years mm -hmm. from his birth, which is he passed at sixty nine years old, which in this day and age is right, incredibly right. young, right? Because of all the technology and advances we have. So yeah, if I if I go another twenty years, um, I think that would be yeah, that'd be amazing, right? 
Um, so just that right off the top. Um, I don't know that I got 20 with sure. my family history. But um, where, where do I see myself? I, you know, it's, it, I, I wish I could tell you that it's not something that I don't think about literally every 12 or 13 minutes every day because I, I think about it a lot really? at this age because I'm seeing that. Well, because I'm seeing that, you know, when, you, when you're 50 or whatever and you're like, okay, the last 15 or 16 years went by in what felt yeah. like 20 minutes. So, which means I'm going to be at that retirement age yeah. in like 20 minutes. It's going to feel like a, it's just yeah. going to feel like a breath, right? And because you start seeing these things a little more like Solomon, right? Because time yeah. goes faster. You're just not, time goes faster when you, when you, when you, when you view the future differently than when you did at 20, right? Everything yeah. feels slow. Um, because you're, instead of wanting to get somewhere, you're like wanting things to slow down and that's when yeah. things speed up. Right. So, um, I, it's really hard for me to say, um, I, I definitely don't think I want to be doing, I, I want to, I think I want to be doing some form of ministry. I don't want it to be what I'm doing now, as far as I can tell right now, maybe I'll feel differently, but I think I would like to be doing something that would allow me to go slower um, but still allow it to be creative and enriching mm. work. Both of those two words are like, those would be important for me. So pro- probably like UT in some ways, like I'll, let me, let me continue to do creative things. I, I don't want it to just be, you know, yeah. wallpaper. I want it to be something that has some depth. It's, it's helping people. It's enriching yeah. to my soul. And if I have the opportunity to do that, but at my own pace and when I want, um, I feel like that would be, that would be really awesome. I don't know if that's going to yeah. be possible, but I would love to be able to be in that situation, whatever that, like what, whatever, um, whatever version of that situation yeah. might be. But I think just in terms of like, do I, need, I, I would, I hope that I'm not going to need like the same paycheck that I need. I, I hope that some of that can like sure. sort of lessen a little bit. So I have a little more, little less stress and anxiety and, and, and have to work at yeah. that kind of pace. That, that makes sense. Which is what I No, that totally yeah. makes sense. Pipe, what about you? You'll be 60. <clears throat> Yeah, so this this is on my mind a little bit because I I turned forty in a couple days, and uh, so there's there's a real distinct sort of oh we're we're entering the back half of life, which I realize yeah. you know Lord willing it's a it's a long half, but the, what I've realized as I look around at the people I respect most is that their lives after forty uh, are are more fruitful and in a lot of cases, more settled and happy Mm -hmm. than life before 40. Mm -hmm. And, and it, and it has become really apparent to me that just how weird it is the way that youth is viewed in, uh, I probably in America specifically where like 40 is, is in the, is the downslope. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm finally equipped to do some things right. I might have gained some modicum of wisdom to, to be beneficial. I've worked out some of the the ability to, to, to write well and do creative things. And so I look at the next 20 years for me as sort of the, like the sprinter stretch where it's just this, yeah. this, I hope is the, is the most fruitful 20 years of my life, uh, in terms of family, in terms of church, uh, friendship, th- those kinds of things. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, I've landed in a, a ministry place that I could see myself at for the next 20 years. Um, you know, serving alongside people who I who I love, who are of the same, we're basically the same age. So we're all kind of entering the same stretch of life together. All of that puts me in a position where I, I don't know, I feel pretty hopeful about the next 20 years. Um, and 
I also, you know, I'm thinking beyond that to the to the retirement age and two things come to mind. One is I don't I don't know that I have the capacity to retire. Now, I might feel differently when I'm 55 and and you know, life has wrung me out another 15 years worth. Um yeah. That that I, that's a very real possibility. But also I just I look at people like my dad or Sam Storms or Ray Ortland or 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 and I'm like they retired from one thing and are absolutely not retired. And yeah. And I but but they've downshifted a little bit in terms of how they use their time. And so I I would hope that I could use the next 20 years to set up something like that so that, you know, 20 years sets that up. And then the last whatever, 15 or 20 years of my life would be finishing strong, but maybe downshifted a little bit. So probably akin to what Ronnie's talking about. So doing some form of ministry, something in the creative writing realm, not just sort of being old people wallpaper, not just the guy who shows up early and sets up coffee at church. I just don't think that's for me. I don't mean to insult anybody for whom that is, the, you know, that's meaningful. But for me, I think there has to be like a, a sprint to the finish kind of thing. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And realistically, I will probably be in that boat as well. Like as much as I want something, you know, when I think about life at 67, I hope it's gentle. I hope it's gracious. You know, I hope there's time to... Uh, kind of slowly enjoy things that I don't, I don't get to kind of slowly enjoy now, but, but more realistically, it'll probably be more like what you described pipe. Um, and it looks like we've lost Ronald. He's gone. <laughs> Just to be clear He's... in light of his recent comments, he left the podcast. We haven't actually yeah, yeah. lost Ronald. He, that he, we, he didn't expire. Yeah. Just, Just felt, it, felt like that needed a, a the, bit of explanation given his, his, his morbid twists to his comments. The part-time contract that he's playing under has has uh, it's it's come up, so uh, so he's he's off. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I hope American life hasn't grown gradations more disastrous. In which case, I don't know. It could look way different than it looks now. I hope that isn't the case. Um, I hope I've done well enough financially to you know, be able to retire or semi-retire or just have life look different. I mean, I hope, I hope I'm still doing something with football. Um, cause that brings me a lot of joy. I don't even know if I hope that I'm still writing. Like I'm, I'm right on the precipice of really bored with writing as it is. So I, I don't even know if I'll be writing at 67 Man, I, or if I am, what it will be. Yeah. That's but, the thing. I, I think when it comes to stuff like that, how many iterations of writing have you done since you like since you started in your twenties? I mean, there's like copywriting and there's book writing and there's blog writing and there's article writing and there's yeah. reporting writing. There's gonna right. be a, there's gonna be other iterations in the next twenty years that that are that's true. You know, yeah. you you sort of go dormant for a while and then come back to it. I so I yeah I have a hard time seeing you not writing. I have an easy time seeing yeah. you not invest much in it over a stretch and then come back to it when there's a when there's a a new iteration format in, inspiration yeah so. yeah no that that tracks that really makes sense i mean i hope i hope i'm discipling a handful of young guys you know the, the lord's yeah. been kind to kind of start allowing that as i've 
gotten into my forties and that's been joyful, man. That's been really good. So I hope, I hope that continues, man. That's been one of the, uh, that's been one of the, the most sort of eye opening aspects of approaching 40 for me is, is tipping into that. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm the old guy now for, yeah for a lot of the, for the people who will likely be pastoring me when I reach retirement age, I am now the guy mm-hmm. who is responsible for them. And, yeah, you know, or cool. I'm, I should say I'm one of the guys, you know, there's, there's a lot of us, but yeah. it's, uh, and, and that thing is that doesn't, that doesn't bother me, but it does put, it does put some urgency into, okay, what does it look like to how, how do I be the, the older guy who, uh, breathes life into a 24 year old, but also, you know, slap some of the stupid out of him as needed. So sort of that, that appropriate <laughs> mentor relationship of like, come on, get your head on straight, but also you have, you have a bright future and great potential. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot easier for me to do the slapping than the, uh, than the, the shaping <laughs> one comes much more yeah. naturally. Well, and it's probably easier for me to do the shaping and I, I could stand to to do a little bit more slapping probably, but, um, you know, I, I hope we both get the opportunity to do it and to do more of it. And I don't even know if college as we know it will exist in 20 years. Um, and that's, that's sort of my macabre dark turn, I guess, or Christian college. I don't know if that'll exist. So I don't even know if I'll be doing what I'm doing now or able to do what I'm doing now. Um, so the career might look different. I mean, it might look really, really different. And we, you know, you know, we're holding these things with a loose hand, right? Like as much as I enjoy my job, I don't want to just assume it'll always be there. Um, so you got to be a little strategic and think down the road, but, uh, if I am still doing it, it's, it's impossible to think that I'll still be able to relate to my students at 67. You know, I'll be hopelessly out of touch by then, probably, uh, because yeah, I, can, I can already feel some of that. happen. While that's true, like I think about so and, and I can I can 100 percent see you in this boat. So there's there's a guy at our church. I'm just going to call him out by name because I'm only going to say nice things about him. His name's Larry. Larry's retired. <laughs> he and his wife uh, are. You know, they they've, they have grown kids who are away from home. They live a few miles down the road from the church. And they're just like a revolving door of young people. So, you know, usually post-college up into early 30s, sort of young Mm -hmm. people in crisis in their home. You know, literally Mm -hmm. some people living with them because they're in that kind of crisis. Others just like Mm -hmm. aimlessness or caught up in, you know, Larry led a group of helping guys uh, kind of what he called it his his uh, sexual sanity group for a while. We're just sort of like mm. helping guys get their heads and hearts on straight in regards to sexual temptation and things like that. Yeah. And, and and you know he's he's in his seventies and he's uh yeah. and I'm like that. I could see you doing that now. Like you know whatever retirement looks like, who knows? But yeah. Larry does not relate well at a cultural level to young people he absolutely relates well yeah. at a genuineness level and just a like yeah he he can shoot straight he's kind he he's one of the most encouraging people to to those of us on staff and uh yeah and i'm like man i ted yeah. could be ted could be that guy man what a great arc truly and that's that's like one of the more encouraging things I've heard in a while, you know, like I would, I would love to be that guy. And 
I mean, we have a guy like that in our church. His name's Nate. And we had a guy like that up north. His name was Peter. And I met with him, you know, but like Peter was there for me in crisis. Um, and he was the older guy in his, in his sixties. And yeah, I would, I would be very grateful for that kind of trajectory because guys like that are priceless in the life of the church, you know, and we, and we have a handful of them who, who, you know, it would take forever to go through the, the roster. And I just admire that type of guy so much because there's a, there's a, a rootedness in their faith where they know the word, they love the word. They're much less eager to die on every hill. Um, and that makes them much more kind of relationally adept. And, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I would love to end up there. That would be really good. Yeah. And they, there's a, there's a richness to their, to their life. Like, you know, cause you, every young person approaches the old person thinking I need something from you. And as you get to know them and you develop a different kind of like the layers get peeled back and you start to find out about their mm-hmm. story. You start to find out about their heartbreak over their own kids or, um, you know, the time they lost their job due, due to a financial crisis or, 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 and you just kind of go, man, there's a, there's just like an encyclopedia of, of faithful experience and wisdom or failure and repentance, you know, kind of whatever yeah. the story is. Yeah. And it, which, which then adds so much depth to their seemingly simple comments. You know, if yeah. a 75 year old person tells me that my sermon was meaningful to them, it is, mm. it is worth a thousand great sermon comments from a 25 year old. Yeah. I mean, just it, that is so true. And and that I don't mean to demean 25 year olds. They're just there's a different. There's a different depth to the significance of of a sort of a spiritual reality, spiritual observation and, and the weight of those things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's well said. Um, and that would be that would be a good trajectory for both of us. Pipe, this is a good place to land the, the podcast. Um, this has been fun, man. It's been a good conversation. Uh, we've done what we always do on this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout our 20 year old lives and our 70 year old lives. And until <laughs> I almost forgot how I signed the show <laughs> off and until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.